It's so good to be back. What's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen back in the building, and the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. How's everybody feeling this week? Good. I enjoy watching Nate clap for himself. No, that was, I think that was Max clapping for all the podcast listeners. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, I, think, I think it was. No, you talked about how great it is to be back. I'm happy to be back with you guys, man. You know, I figured Anthony Simons played a little better this week, so yeah, I felt you know, good about you being here. He's so hovering close to that 10 point a game average that we talked about before the season. I think he's a little over eight right now. So you know, could be better, but certainly could be worse. And he's played. He's played all right the last couple of games. The um, Ant watches is going to be fun throughout the season. <laughs> that is, it's one of the things, like it's the first thing I look for in the box score after every game is how many points he had. That's like, I'm going to be keeping track all year. <clears throat> you did call it. You texted me and said, watch out for Simons against Sacramento. And that was his best game of the season so it was. far. It's Blood this, in the water, man. There's, yeah, there's something about that. <laughs> so Blazers 2-2 two and two now, Jared. How are you feeling about them? It's good. I think they've been playing good basketball. You know, two of their first three on the road, they get wins. You can't complain about that. And I think that they have some, they just, as we talked about this last week, they have a very tough start to the season. And so we need to temper our expectations for the first 20 games or so. Yeah, right out of the gate. You play one at home, which you lose, and you've got to hit the road right away. Yep. Yep. And I mean, they've. you should feel okay if they're a Blazers fan, because realistically, I mean, they're sitting at 2-2, two and two, but they could have won because of how well Damian Lillard played in the fourth quarter against the Spurs. They could have won all four of those games, so they've been in every single game, and they've won two of them, and we'll see how they do moving forward. And it was somewhat of a predictable yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, even just based on our picks, picking yeah. a week out and saying, you know what, the the Spurs are probably going to get them on the second of a back-to-back on the yeah. road. And to your point, Nate, it still came down to the wire. Yeah. I mean, you know it was predictable because all three of us predicted it correctly. It's probably going to be the <laughs> only time that happens. We had the same predictions, and it was actually the right one. So way to go, guys. <laughs> I think that, that road win against Dallas could look pretty good down the, you know, down the stretch. I think that Dallas looks a lot better than I expected. They beat Denver last night on the road, and so I – I think Dallas could push for the playoffs this season. Dallas, Dallas has only lost this year is to the Blazers, and they could have won that game if they could just hit a few more open three pointers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even got a final shot at it. Yeah, you know. So, but they're they're a lot of fun to watch with with Porzingis and Doncic. Uh, that was a good game to to watch. I was entertained by it. I admit, I forgot, I forgot how good Porzingis is. I mean, mm-hmm. I I knew he he was good, but I. I hadn't watched him play in so long, I forgot a little bit how difficult he is to guard. Totally an out of sight, out of mind type thing. But when yeah. he came back, dude can hoop. And he was also, I mean, he was in the Eastern Conference too. So, I mean, his competition right. over there wasn't quite the same. You know, he's not playing a team like the Blazers night in, night out over there. Now he's playing against all these other great players. And it's like, oh man, that that cat can ball. Matt, uh, Max, what would you see out of the, uh, you know, this first road trip at, that they're on? What would you like? What would you dislike about it? Well, I, I agree with you guys. It was very predictable. I really liked Dallas. Um, I also think DeLon Wright is a great addition for them as well. I think they are going to be in the playoffs this year. I mean, it's kind of an overreaction. but And watch out for the Phoenix Suns. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just in non-Blazers NBA <laughs> consumption, watching Phoenix has been really fun. So I'm looking forward to when the Blazers play those guys. 
I think you guys know the drill by now. There's three of us. There's three questions. So there's three answers on KGW.com. You guys didn't change it for, since I've been gone. Nope. That's we decided to, to stay with the That's formula, good. man. You, you kept it at three. I was afraid it's going to be like two on three <laughs> moving forward. Wasn't sure. <laughs> you kept your job for a week, man, Woo! since you uh, got all your picks correct. There we go. We'll see how rip it goes, though. <laughs> so, so a marathon, man. Yeah. So uh, Jared does a great job producing this. Make sure to check it out on KGW.com. Question number one. Are the Blazers equipped to handle the absence of Zach Collins if he misses an extended period of time? What are their options, Jared? Let's have Nate start. I want to hear what he has to say. Okay, so I've been the biggest Zach Collins critic out Mm -hmm. of the group of us here throughout the preseason leading up to the year. I said he was my biggest concern for the Blazers going into the season. And to his credit, he played well in the he's played really well in the small sample size we've seen so far this year. His versatility of being able to play into the post and also extend out both offensively and defensively was missing in that San Antonio game. And that's something that the Blazers are going to have a really hard time filling that role with just one player moving forward. Um, Collins has had the best net rating of any Blazer through the first four games of the year, and it hasn't even been close. His is plus 13.1. Lillard is second at plus 7.8. So it's not even close in terms of that. And so I think the Blazers can for a short period of time, if it's a matter of just games or a couple weeks, which hopefully it will be because, I mean, a dislocated shoulder is painful, but once you get it back in and the soreness wears off, hopefully he'll be fine and ready to go. And I think they can survive for a few games because, you know, you have guys like Anthony Tolliver. They don't have scrubs on the bench to replace them, but it's going to take multiple guys to replace what he does. And so if this is anything extended, you know, beyond a month or so, then you should have real concerns if you're the Blazers. And this was also one of my concerns going into the year. While Zach Collins, for the time being, has played really well, my other concern was the front court depth behind him in case anything happened to him or Hassan Whiteside. And sure enough, that's rearing its ugly head here early in the season. So for a few games, I think they can handle it with the guys they have. But if it's for an extended period of time, it's going to be really tough to fill what he provides them. And I should have prefaced this question by saying it, Zach Collins is day-to-day. We don't know exactly how long he'll be out, but he will miss his game against Oklahoma City. Um, and to your point, he also missed the game against San Antonio. Yeah, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm hopeful that it's just going to be a short absence for Collins. For me, when he had the MRI on Monday and the Blazers came out and did not say anything about what the results yeah. of the MRI were – the only thing they would say is that they were going to have the team doctors reevaluate him when the Blazers get back to Portland. That gives me pause yeah. because if the if the MRI, MRI results came back clean, why would they want their doctors to take a second look at it? Yeah, that's so a good it, point. You know, a dislocated shoulder can be something where it's just you miss a game or two, but it can also be something where you miss 50, 60 games if you tear something in when it happens. And so because they are wanting to get in there and get a second look at it. I am a little concerned that it's going to be a longer absence. Um, I agree with you, Nate, that, that Collins has been very good. Um, I think that he's completely lived up to what the Blazers want from him in this new expanded role, but I'm not that worried about the Blazers being able to continue to win without him. Okay. And that's mainly because they have Damian Lillard. Yeah. And I think as long as they have Damian Lillard, he's 
everything for this team. I think that they're still going to be able to be competitive. And I think that Zach Collins gives them a, a higher ceiling than anyone else that can replace him. But I think that just during the regular season, going out there and, and getting wins, I think they can still do it with the pieces they have. I do think that if he's out for a long time, it, it puts Stotts in a, a little bit of a bind, especially with big man rotations, because without Collins, who can, like you said, switch out onto the perimeter and guard out on the perimeter, I think that a lot of teams will go small against Portland. Yeah. And Hassan Whiteside has a lot of strengths and a lot of things he does well, but one thing he does not do well is switch out onto the perimeter. He can't do that. And so I think that if other teams go small, that's going to play him off the court. And I think that you have a similar situation with Scalavissier. I think that he has shown a lot of good things so far this season. He's rebounding the ball well. He's showing some things on offense. But I also think that his defensive fundamentals are lacking. And so if you're asking him to be out there playing against a small ball lineup where he's having to switch out onto the perimeter, I, I just don't think that's something he can do. So what that means is it all falls to Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. And Tolliver's had a bad start to the season. You know, he's not shooting the ball well. He hasn't looked very good. I think he looked better in the game against um, the Spurs, but he really hasn't played well to start. But for some reason, I still trust him. He's a good three-point shooter. I don't care if he's not hitting his threes yet. Yeah. He's been one of the better three-point shooters in the NBA for the past half decade. Um, so he stretches the court. That's kind of what Collins does. So you put him in that starting lineup or you put him in that small ball lineup that where Collins is the center, he's going to stretch the floor the same way that Collins is able to. I think he's an underrated, smart defender, and he's just this smart veteran who's going to do the right things. I mean, this is something that the Blazers didn't really have in years past when they'd have injuries, they didn't have veterans that they could plug in that just knew what to do. A lot of times they were plugging with younger players like Jake Lehman or, or whomever it would be. But I think that Tolliver can replace most of what Collins gave you, even though it's not the same ceiling that Collins gave you. Okay. And you hear this a hat tip to Jamie Goldberg of the Oregonian. She wrote a, an article about Tolliver before the season and I thought that the comments that she had from Damian Lillard and Terry Stotts were a good example of, of why Tolliver is so valuable in a situation like this. Uh, Dame said, he's just a guy that's doing everything right. He's going to talk. He's going to be in the right spot. He's going to do the right things to help your team and have a positive impact on the game. That's from the ability that he has, being a good shooter, a good screener, a versatile defender, but also because he's an experienced vet. And Stotts followed up that up and said he sets a great example with his work ethic he's a very smart player at both ends he knows where his shots are going to come he knows where to be on the court defensively he's seen everything so I think that even though he hasn't started the season well I think that having Anthony Tolliver to kind of fill that same role that Zach Collins occupies right now where he's starting next to Hassan Whiteside in the starting lineup and then he's playing center in small ball lineups when the Blazers have to go small I think makes me a lot more confident that they can survive an absence if, if this does go for a long time with Collins. Tolliver is a vet with experience. I don't think for us, when we saw that Tolliver was the guy who got the start in place of Zach Collins, uh, it fits, he fits that same mold. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to lose a little bit defensively because of what Zach does. I mean, yep. Zach's special because of, of that. Mm -hmm. So you're going to lose that. But uh, to your point, Tolliver not only has those same abilities as Zach from, you know, being an offensive threat to being able to stretch the floor, um, can even play this, uh, be complimentary to small ball 
Um, but this, I don't know. I, I, I think about Zach being... <laughs> Sounds like you're in between me and Jared here I am. on the impact if he's out long term. I am, because I think if it's short term, this team is, is going to be just fine. They, yeah. they have options. Um, I even thought about Mario Hazonia coming in and seeing his minutes uh, rack up without Zach in there. But there's something special that, that Zach mm-hmm. brings to the table yeah. that after a while, teams are going to figure out what the Blazers are all about. But I go back to the beginning of the year when everybody was talking about the, the biggest strength of this team was depth. Yeah. How deep this team is. Damian Lillard said it. Uh, Neil Olshay said it. And now they're going to be put to the test. We're, we're yeah. going to find out how deep this roster really is. So in the short term, I don't think this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But Jared, as you mentioned, if this turns out to be something that he's out for months, yeah, I, th- I think this is going to cost them some games. Yeah, and while Neil Olshay, Damian Lillard, Terry Stotts all complimented the team's depth, all of us were skeptical mm-hmm. of that going into the year. So you're right, it is going to be really put to the test, especially if Collins is out for any significant amount of time. Jared, you brought up that you think the Blazers can get fine. You talked about anything Tolliver, but you first started with Damian Lillard, saying they have Damian Lillard, I trust, you know, with him on the floor, I trust the Blazers will continue to win games. But this is a marathon season. And one of the things we talked about last year with the emergence of Yusuf Nurkic was how Damian Lillard didn't have to expend so much energy night in and night out throughout the season and hopefully would be fresher at the end of the year come the postseason. But if the Blazers are having to rely on Damian Lillard once again to carry them night in and night out just to get to the playoffs, there's going to be serious question marks about his durability once the Blazers do get there. And so, to me, it has to fall on the other guys stepping up more so than Damian Lillard carrying the torch Man, like what we saw against San Antonio. I was Antonio. about to say, you that, saw, that was a clear example of that scoring yeah. 18 straight. You, you can't have that for That's the Blazers this year. That's a lot to year. ask for, that is a lot for to, a superstar. And I mean, they haven't, I mean, they asked for it against Sacramento. He had that big second half to put that game away. Uh, and what was it, Dallas, he played really well as well. And so they have asked for Damian Lillard to really put on show night in and night out to win the two games they've won so far this year. And that moving forward, that can't be something the Blazers rely on. They need guys like what you mentioned, Anthony Tolliver, to really step up and fill the void. And hopefully Scalabissier and Mario Hazonia, those guys will probably get more minutes now for those minutes that Tolliver would have gotten as the reserve, and hopefully they can kind of fill that backup role, and the Blazers can, if it's a long-term injury, can survive the storm of not having Zach Collins. And Scal and his limited minutes that you've mentioned, I thought he's played really well. He's had, yeah. he's been efficient in, in what he's been given, so uh, it'll be nice to see what he can do when he's given more than 11, 12, 13 minutes. I don't know if he's going to get more minutes than that. I think that, I don't think from what I've seen from him on defense, I don't know if Stotts trusts him enough to be out there, especially who's when, a, who. Who is he going to go to, though, man? Well, if, yeah, I if go you take small, tall, you go small. Is what if you're you saying? go small, then you're going to have Tolliver. And I think if you're going big, if if you're going big, then you have Whiteside there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scal isn't going to play any power forward. He's yeah. a center. He's not going to play any power forward at all. So if Scal is getting minutes, it's going to be backing up Hassan Whiteside. And if you're going big, then Hassan is your guy. It's when it's when Hassan gets played off the court because other teams are going small and he can't switch out on the perimeter and you're giving up, you know, open three pointers by by the bucket full. Because Whiteside's been a pretty much a non factor the last couple games. The last two games, especially the Dallas mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's been a non factor. He hasn't been as good as he was the first I two, mean, two games. Yeah. And, I mean 
you're, well, you're you're playing him to be Nurkic, right? Yeah. And, and if he's not giving you that type of production, I don't think any of us expected him no. to be Nurkic. But in Orlando, uh, even after the first game, no. In the second game, no. In Orlando's defense, even at his best, he's not as good as Nurkic. In Orlando's defense, on this point, he hasn't been much more than a rebounder the last two yeah. games, which the Blazers need more than that from Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. So if they do go small, then then Tolliver is your starting center, I think. Yeah. And yes, that's very small, but. If the other team's going small too, you can get away with that. You're sliding Hood to the four. Rodney Hood has been really good this season. He has season been. So he far. has. And so when you talked about how Damian Lillard needs help, I, what I would be concerned about is if I see Damian's, and his minutes are a little bit high to start the season, but if he's averaging 38, 39 minutes a game, that has to come down. But taking over in the second half, that's what Dame does all the time. It is. That's just what he does. It is what he does, but we didn't have to see it as much last year. And he talked about that last year, how he could rely on Yusuf Nurkish because he was emerging and becoming this almost all-star-like center. He didn't have to be that guy night in and night out. But the Blazers, because C.J. McCollum started the first two games so slow, and then last night, no one after the first quarter was able to provide any sort of offense. Mm -hmm. Damian Lillard had to shoulder that weight again. I just, I don't think... I hope for Blazers' sake that's not something we have to see all year because if it is, I think it's going to cost them come April. Right. It's a lot to expect that even a guy like Damian Lillard, even though he can do it, like that stuff adds up after a while. And we're looking at that story that we talked about two years ago. Yeah. You know, where teams are starting to say, okay, you guys need Damian to take over. So we're going to push Damian Lillard so far out that he's going to be ineffective. It's going to be a fun storyline to watch going back to the fact that Zach Collins could be out for a little while. And again, we have no idea how long he's going to be out. And that will be really interesting to hopefully find out tomorrow or or Thursday or Friday. This may be how we start next week's podcast. If if we find out he's out for an extended (laughs) period of time, we'll be right back to where we are trying to figure out how do they do this. At least we'd have more games in between to see how the Blazers try to handle in the short term. All right, let's get some buckets with number two. The Blazers are averaging 28.3 three-point attempts per game so far this season, which ranks 26th in the NBA. Do you think the Blazers' offense should feature more three-point attempts? Go for it, Jared. I started off the last one. Yes. I mean, the Blazers have... <laughs> All right. That was simple. On to the next one. <laughs> Took a long time with question one. Question two, short and sweet. We've talked about this so much that the moves the Blazers made during the offseason was to get more shooting. I mean, they have good shooters on this team, so let it fly. I mean, if you think about their rotations about 10 deep, if you count Zach Collins, because... We're not sure, you know, what his injury situation is. Seven of the ten players in their rotation are considered three-point threats. And so if you have these guys passing up three-pointers, even if they're taking good mid-range jumpers or getting to the rim, they, they need to be shooting more threes. I'm not saying they need to be the Houston Rockets or anything like that. But when you're shooting 28 threes per game and you're at the bottom of the league rankings, the Blazers have enough good outside shooters and a good enough offensive system that they should be getting more looks from three. And I'm going to focus on, on three guys that I think need to be more willing to, to shoot three pointers. And again, super small sample size. Listen up you three blazers. Jared's calling you out right now, (laughs) but I I want to see more three point attempts from CJ McCollum, Rodney hood and Kent Bazemore. CJ's shooting four and a half three pointers this season. That's two less than he shot last season. Hood is shooting four this season, which is good. It's more than last season. 
But his last se- his last year in Utah, he averaged six point seven. Okay. Now I'm not saying he's going to get up to that number because he had a higher hu- a usage rate in, in Utah, but he he could shoot more. And Bays is shooting only two point eight so far this season. And last year and the year before, he shot about four and a half per game, and his minutes aren't any different. So he should be shooting more threes. All three of those guys are good three-point shooters who should be stretching the floor. If those three match their career highs in attempts, that would be another six three-point attempts per game, which would put them up to about 35, and that would rank in the top 15. And that's about where Portland should be. They don't have to be the Rockets, yeah, but they shouldn't be near the bottom of the league. They're not the Spurs. They have good outside shooters. So use that three-point shooting. It's a strength, so use it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as far to the yes on the meter as Jared is, just because I don't think it's right now, I don't think it's that big of a concern for the Blazers that they basically are averaging 28 three-pointers per game so far through the season. Um, That number is pretty close to what the Blazers have shot the last couple of seasons. Now you can make the argument like Jared just did, that personnel kind of dictated that. They didn't have a bunch of three-point shooters on the team, so they weren't going to be very high in terms of three-point attempts because it didn't make sense with the players they had on the roster. And now that they have three-point shooters on the roster, we should be seeing more attempts. But I kind of wonder if this just isn't a little bit of a byproduct of the Terry Stotts offense. Every year we talk, I'm going to compare this to assists. Every year we talk about, is this team going to have more assists than the year before? And every year they're at the bottom of the NBA. And guess where they are right now in NBA? They are dead last in assists. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if just this amount of three-point shooting is just a byproduct of the offense that they run. And right now they're shooting 28 a game. And while Jared wants to see more, they need to be making them more than they have the first four games of the year. They're only shooting 32% from three as a team so far this year. And while that number will probably go up, because as you said, these guys have a track record of knocking down three-pointers. But to me, it's kind of until you start making them, I don't necessarily want to see you shooting more of them because that's not a high-quality shot in terms of how many you're knocking down right now. The one disadvantage it has given the Blazers this year is that their opponents are shooting an average of 35 threes per game, where Jared wants the Blazers to get up to, and they've made 13 of them. So just by averages, the Blazers are minus 12 from three before the game even started. And in the Western Conference, when we've seen all their games this year have come down to the fourth quarter, when games are so close, that's a big hole to have to claw yourself out of night in and night out. So to Jared's point, yes, they probably do need to be shooting more threes. I agree with you, Jared. But right now, I don't think it's that huge of a concern for Terry Stotts and the Blazers right now. I think that number will eventually balance out a little bit more. I mean, that Denver game where they hit 18 of them, like, I think that plays into it a little bit as well. Uh, but I kind of I rode the fence on this one because the way I saw it was well it depends on the game yeah you know like one game I'm screaming we got shooters you know I'm out there like Hassan Whiteside um, when 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 in the Dallas game you know I, I was like we need to get Rodney Hood involved more I yeah. need to see him knock down some more uh, the shots were falling and I wanted to see more of that. But fast forward to the San Antonio game, and I'm like, heck no, like, stop <laughs> yeah. shooting. Get to the rack, let's get fouled, let's get to the free throw line. I wanted to see more of that. So I think it just depends on the game for me. Yeah. But Jared, you're right. I mean, this is what this team was built to do, yeah. was to be able to knock down more three-pointers. So I think you're going to see more. I just don't think it's going to be significantly more. So right now, it's game by game. If, if the shot is flowing, I think it's time to look for it a little bit more, uh, have, a, have a few more heat checks, 
you know, maybe they're not exactly open looks, but if a guy is feeling it, you want to see them fired up because that's what they do so well. Um, but that San Antonio game, I was like, heck no, stop shooting, get to the get to the hole, man. It's interesting you bring up the San Antonio games. You want to know the one game this year they've made more three-pointers than their opponent <laughs> yeah. was San Antonio. They took a it lot was, more, too. Yeah, they did take a lot more than this person. <laughs> it was mainly because CJ made a bunch at the beginning yep. and then mm-hmm. Dane made a bunch at the end. Mm-hmm. But Jared is right. They have the personnel. Mm-hmm. And so it was something we expected this year, that we would see more threes, yes. and we just haven't this year. And to your point about certain games I want, specific role players to be featured more. I think that's going to come as they play more together with some familiarity. You know, this thing is still only four games into it. And there will be times when they realize, oh, like we saw in the Charlotte game last year when Rodney Hood dropped like 25 Mm -hmm. in that game against the Hornets. And they just, in the fourth quarter, were just give Rodney Hood the ball. I think you'll see more of that as the season goes on. And these players, you know, get more familiar with each other and know each other's tendencies better. I think they need that so we don't see that Damian Lillard burnout so early on in the year. The three-point shot is the most efficient shot in the NBA. And that's the reason, I mean, the reason they went and got these guys in the offseason was partly to follow that trend. Mm -hmm. You know, the NBA... They're shooting more threes this season than they did last season, and the Blazers are shooting less. Yeah, It should go the other way. So I just think that if you have the personnel, then utilize that personnel in the most efficient way possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what time it is? Prediction time. Prediction time. Blazers we did play. great on this last week, guys. <laughs> 100%. Oh, we're about to mess this thing all up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The Blazers play three games between now and our uh, next podcast. Wednesday at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Saturday versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And Monday at the Golden State Warriors. Which games do the Blazers win, and which games do the Blazers lose? I was told by Jared, a little bit of a teaser before this, that our picks are, for the first time this season, our picks are different. I was hoping to accomplish that. all three of us They're a little bit different. They're a little bit different. Um, I went, what I did last week, I'm going to say the Blazers go 2-1, and and I'm going to go the predictable route. They Mm -hmm. beat Oklahoma City tonight, finish off a real strong road trip, going 3-1 and to start the year. They come back home, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think they start the year (laughs) 0-2 at the Moda Center, Mm -hmm. which is pretty nuts considering how great they've been at home. But to me, Philly should be the favorite in the Eastern Conference. I think they're the deepest team in the East, and while the Blazers uh, waxed them last year when they came to Portland— uh, I think Philly, I'm right now I think Philly's a better team, so I'm going to go with them. And the Warriors, I don't even want to even talk <laughs> about this. Because as you gentlemen know. Don't panic, dude. Don't no, panic. No, I, I'm <laughs> Stay already, the course, man. I, I'm so done with them already. It's <laughs> unbelievable. You jumped off that bandwagon <laughs> very quickly. I'm done. Like, I, picked, I can't believe I picked them in our season preview to win the title. They are bad. Like They're terrible. Like They can still score some points, but they can't guard anyone. And just looking at the roster... I mean, compared to some other teams in the West, including the Blazers, it's like, oh man, they, they are. also they also can't really score that many points either. Yeah. They are in. They are not in the same. Your category. boy Clay isn't back yet. I dude. know, and I think that, honestly that was the reason I picked them was I thought they would be good enough in the regular season. D'Angelo Russell hasn't been the same type of player we saw last year with Brooklyn, and I thought they could survive the regular season. Clay comes back in the postseason, and they're all fine and dandy and ready to go again. And now it sounds like Clay might not even come back for that. So I'm totally done on the Warriors. The Blazers blow them out. The Blazers would beat the Warriors in the regular season when the Warriors had all their guys. Now that they don't, the Blazers should beat them by 30. That's and they point. will. I can't believe we're four games in and Nate has already started to flip-flop on his yeah, I'm. Champ- 
championship prediction. I, Warriors. It's not, coming. Not even I can, are they I can not, believe that. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> not even are they not winning the championship. They're not making the playoffs, and Dallas is taking their spots oh. in my playoff picks. There you go. Right there. Oh. I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. Oh. There you go. Amended, but the Blazers go 2-1. <laughs> Sorry for that rant. Oh, that was great. Well, I've got the Blazers going 3-0. and Wow. Um, Homer over there. A little bit. Flame emojis, baby flames. A little bit of Homer picking here. But, I mean, OKC, they're 1-3. and They haven't been as bad as their record indicates. They did blow out the Warriors by 70 points or something. Does that even count? No. (laughs) (laughs) But they've got some fun players. They've got Danilo Gallinari. He's good. Chris Paul. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is awesome. Uh, Steven Adams is questionable for tonight's game, so that could play into it. Seems to me most things point to a Blazers win. Uh, Philadelphia, they're really good. They were impressive in their win and their opener against Boston. They kind of struggled in their two road games to beat a bad Detroit team and a good Atlanta team, but they did win both those games. And I'm worried they have a lot of stretchy big men, and that's kind of the Blazers' weakness right now. But I don't know. I'm just going with a gut feeling here that Portland's going to establish a little bit of home court cred early on because they need it. And Golden State, like you said, bad, bad, bad defense. I mean, worst defense in the NBA, and it's not close. They're giving up more than 120 points for 100 possessions. They got their first win the other night, but it was against a banged-up Pelicans team that also doesn't play any defense. <laughs> so I'm going to say that the Blazers win in San Francisco. That sounds yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Stinking warriors. All right, Orlando, where are you sitting on this? I thought I was going out on a limb here. I thought I oh, was what? I thought I was really getting risky. You went 3 and 0 too? I'm also oh a believer in this week, man. Wow. <laughs> 3 and 0 baby, it's coming. After I read your picks, what did I say, Nate? Uh, he said that Jared said he probably would have gone two and one, but he had read my picks before he made his picks, and he thought you were also going to go two and yeah, one. Yeah, so I was like, I need to, I need to set the tone, take some risks. Yeah. We can't have the same picks every week. Well, you and Jared thinking the same so, thing, <laughs> but <laughs> neither of you went one and two, which you also could right, have done. Right. We. That, I thought Orlando was going to go one and two. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I mean, I struggled with the 76ers game uh, yep. for sure. Uh, but you didn't struggle with the Warriors game? Well, you know what? I didn't think that was a gimme, as bad oh, as the Warriors man. have been. Because there's something about teams that just have your number, that just own you. And even though this is a new building that they're playing in, um, I don't think that it's a gimme for, for the Blazers to, to go into Golden State and win. Um, and when I looked at the 76ers game, of course they're 3-0. and And I'm like, oh man, yeah, they're the real deal. They're a championship yeah. contender, one of the best teams in the NBA. But... To Jared's point, when I looked at the scores and the games that they played, it's not like they're dominating. Nah. It's not like they're killing teams. And those were games that they were supposed to win, generally speaking. And I went in and looked at the box scores, too, too just to see if you know they were up a lot and then the other team made it close at the end. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Like yeah. Those games were really competitive down the stretch. Yeah, and, and to your point, Nate, I, I, I think it's going to be tough to see the Blazers go 0-2 to start the year in their own building. That, that would be uh, There's a lot of pride with playing at home for the Blazers, and this there's something an- about it that... They tend to just play better. They yeah. do tend to play better at home, but I'm maybe I'm the one who's going out on the limb by saying they're starting 0-2 at home. I think, I think you guys are – no, Max shaking his head no. Max <laughs> on the same page as me. Apparently. It's it's a good week. I, yeah. I think it's a good week of games. Um, the OKC one, I think, is trash, which which means it'll probably end up being a super competitive game yeah. and somehow comes down to the last shot Well, I mean, last, since, since we're all picking that one. I mean, one. last game of road trips can be interesting for the team wanting to get back home. Mm-hmm. And the Blazers, I'm sure, want to get back home at this point. And they picked up two wins early in the road trip to kind of feel good about it maybe already. 
And so it, it's a bit of a trap game for them. No. No, no Jason, I, Jared gave me the Matumbo <laughs> finger. He sure there. did, man. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the reason I don't see it like that is I, I, I think your point is valid most of the time. Yeah. But did you see how dejected and angry Dame was about that shot not yeah, going down? I did. I and mean, I, I'm, I'm not this team has all the motivation in the yeah. world right Weren't now. Weren't the the sideline reactions just great? Incredible. Well, that that ball was in. How yeah. did that completely? How in. did it pop yeah. out? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I'm saying if you wanted to pick Oklahoma City, those are the arguments you would make. Mm-hmm. But the Blazers are going to beat them. <laughs> good, good guys. You know what time it is. Oh. <laughs> it's time for the best podcast game in the world. And it's time to turn it over to everyone's favorite guy, Max Barr. Guys, let's rip it. It is great to be back with another week of Rip It. The season's underway. And before we get to the highly anticipated recap. Ooh. This is our first this full is, Rip oh It. Man. This is where Rip It is yeah. incredible. The recap. The recap. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get to the recap, I want to read you guys something that caught my eye on Twitter a few days ago. Ah, hopefully it's a good thing. Quote, great stuff, Jared Norlando. Especially with your oh, rip it picks. Oh. I've never been more certain of a rip it victory. Who said that? <laughs> that was written by our own Nate Hansen. That doesn't sound what like surprise. me. That doesn't oh, sound man. like me at all. And he's still on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you tweeted that after listening to last week's pod. Yeah. Orlando and Jared, your thoughts? Uh, I, I have nothing but love for my co host, Nate Hansen, over here. Orlando can't stop laughing. I love to see Nate dig himself into a hole oh, right out of the gate, man. No I love way. it. I feel good about those picks. I want to see you playing catch up all and season. Then, yeah, once I heard your guys' picks, I was like, oh, here we go. This is how we're starting the historic Rip It season right here. Well, this feels just like last year. Nate is over the top confident before it starts, and Orlando's going to win it. Well, and let's I'm get to crying it. crying and begging for it to get one right by the end of it. <laughs> Let's find out how you did last week. All Great right. quote, by the way, Max. Yep. Yeah. Excellent that was neat. It wasn't yeah, me. Give, give credit where it's due, my Our man. research department to find that, yeah, that, that, was that quote, man. Right Thanks there. to the crack research team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Blazers at Kings. The question was more assists, Damian Lillard or De'Aaron Fox? Oh. All three of you said Dame. Right. And this was a push. Oh, yeah. five, man. five, five for Lillard, five for I just, Fox. I just assumed because Lillard had such a good game that he had won that. <laughs> Darn it! But I didn't lose to you guys. Yeah. So. Nobody gets that one. Blazers at Mavs. You guys touched on this a little bit earlier. First question here: Which team will make more three pointers? Nate and Orlando went with the Mavs. Yeah. Jared, you said the Blazers, yeah. and it was Dallas. Yeah, ah. thirteen threes for Dallas, nine. For the Blazers. Oh, I'm sorry, Jared. That was that was the easiest one. <laughs> and you missed it. That was an automatic W. Oh, and you missed it. 
Jared, he was banking on the Blazers getting hot from three. Nothing's automatic and rip it, Nate. <laughs> That's right. Nothing is given. Can we put that like on the wall in here? Nothing is automatic and rip it. Yeah. That quote. Yeah, let's put that on a plaque. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question here, also from the Mavs game. Which duo will score more combined points? Oh, this had to have been close. Dame and CJ or Doncic and Porzingis? Ooh, Both oh, of man. them were good. Yeah. yeah. They were both very good. Orlando went with the Blazers duo, oh, Dame and CJ. Nate and Jared, you guys said Luca and KP. I had Ooh, to go with my boy. Ooh. That should have been a no-brainer for me. Yep. Doncic and Porzingis combined for 61 Ooh. points. That's a lot. It may have been beat, though. Lily Dame and lot. CJ combined for 63. Oh, oh no! Oh, no! Man. Two points wow. difference. Orlando gets that one. Oh, no. Orlando's not going to dominate this in the regular season like last year, right? I don't want this, man. You're going to be like the Houston Rockets. Yeah, rip it. By the way, I'm still still pitching a shutout over here. Woo-hoo! There's still time, three to start the year. You mean getting shut out. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. All right. (laughs) All right. That's our crack research team right there. (laughs) All right. Next question, Blazers at Spurs. Which total will be greater? Rebounds by Whiteside or points scored oh. by Dejounte Murray. This, oh, I I feel good about this. I got one. buried on this one, man. Nate uh. and Jared. Oh, excuse me. Nate said Dejounte Murray points. My most improved player pick had to go with him. He looks good this year. Orlando and Jared said rebounds by Whiteside. Orlando, you just said I got to pick against Nate. It's that simple. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna regret that oh, one, my friend. It may cost you this oh, week. Whiteside, kind of a disappointment. Only seven rebounds. Dude, that's ugly. Come on, but Murray didn't score that many points. Dejounte Murray, seven points. No! Yes! Oh, that felt better than getting it right. No. Man. Oh. Unbelievable. Our second push. And I got news for you guys. Ooh. When it pushes, I win. Oh, Max is winning, ripping. Max getting them dubs. Oh, man. Gosh. That, oh, I, I thought you I, had that I one. I thought so, too. Murray, when I thought about it, I was like, he didn't score that. No one for the Spurs scored that much, except for the guys off the bench. Mm. The wild card right question. Now? Are we 2-2? Two, two? No, it's Orlando's got two. I got one, and I think uh, you have zero. Correct? I, think I have zero. Yeah. yeah, I just want. I knew that. I just wanted to make you say it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the hit. I'll take Max it. has two. It Max co- has two. <laughs> <laughs> By the push standard, Max has two. All right, wild card question time. This was an over under seven and a half steals in three games for oh. Kent Bazemore. Ooh, this was my risky go? one. This was my risky. Nate over? and Jared said under. Ooh, Orlando, remember what this. you I said. Think- this is over, baby. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry, oh, I couldn't man. quite hear that. Let's hear that again. This is over, baby. <laughs> Please, oh. it has to be under with Come the way on, he baby. set that up. It was not only under; it was way under. Oh, no steals, none at all for baseball. Wow, zero, oh, wow. zero. Because he was busy taking charges, making deflections, not blocking making shots. threes. Yeah, blocking. He shots. had a lot of blocks. I think he had three or four blocks, but no steals. Wow, oh, zero man. steals. Mm. So that's a push. So Nate and Jared got that one. No, you both get it. Because yeah, no, no. I'm saying for the game in total. Yeah, so we ended up with uh, Orlando and Nate tying two oh, out of five. man. Kent. Come Jared, on, Kent. one out of five this week. <laughs> At least you got on the board, my friend. Yeah, that yeah, was good. Yeah. You didn't skunk. Better I, luck next I time. <laughs> I wasn't shut out. <laughs> but hey, the good news is next week starts right now. All right. Yes. So let's get to it. I'm going to take the belt all for myself. No sharing with Orlando this go-round. It's your time to shine, Nate. Woo! Blazers at Thunder tonight, Wednesday. 
which player will score the most points? CJ, Danilo Gallinari, or Shea Gilgis Alexander? That's Max's like favorite player. Oh, he's great. I love that guy. So who wants to start it off? I will. All right. What do you think? I'm going to go the opposite of what I did last week, and I'm going to pick a blazer. I'm going to pick <laughs> CJ McCollum. All but right. It's happening. By the way, these guys are so far averaging around the same amount of points. Jared, what do you think? I'm also go- I was thinking of going with Shea, but I think I'm going to go with CJ as well. Okay. Right. Orlando? Choice. Let's make it a sweep. Christian James, please. Well, automatic dub right there. Yep. <laughs> Got to get those easy ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> automatic. Uh, how's that rookie of the year pick going, you guys? <laughs> Coming right. on strong, man. It's coming on strong. All right, Blazers versus Sixers. Which team will shoot a better three-point percentage in the game? Ooh. Neither of these teams is shooting great so far. You Blazers 32%, Philly 30 With that homer pick you guys threw out there, you better be picking Blazers, just saying. I'm going to go with the home team, mm-hmm. the Blazers. All right, Orlando, what are you going with? Yep, home team all day. Are we going to sweep it, Nate? I, I actually think the Blazers probably will, but I'm gonna I'm I wanna be different. I'm gonna I pick the Blazers to go 0-2. I'm gonna go all in on Philly. They oh, knock them down. Okay. Hassan Whiteside can't close out. Philly makes some threes. And you gotta be strategic when you zag. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad pick. Oh, might as well have said coming Ben's- from the guy who got one. That's a bad pick. <laughs> I, I thought you were remember- gonna get greedy. And say Ben Simmons is going to knock down a couple threes. Dude, oh, you never know. I love some Ben Simmons, man. <laughs> All right, next question. Same game. More rebounds, Embiid or Whiteside? Ooh. We'll start with Orlando on this one. All right, man. You came through somehow, some way last week. So, Whiteside, I'm going to ride the train again. Whiteside. Nate? I'm all in on the Philly train. And beat, baby. <laughs> all right, let's hope he plays. Yeah, that's a risk. <laughs> Jared? I'm going with Whiteside because I don't know if Embiid will play. Ooh, oh, man, you guys he's are... back. He did miss one of those uh, earlier games that you guys yeah. talked about, but he's back now. He so. hit those game-winning free throws against the Hawks. No, he does like to that. pick on Whiteside a little bit, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, yeah. Whiteside, yeah. Andre Drummond. It's one of the guys he yep. really yeah, goes I'm, after. I'm feeling that's really, a good he, one. He, he's definitely showing up and playing. They, they they play tonight and then they don't play again until Saturday. He's playing on Saturday. That, that yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling even better about this one so far. <laughs> All right, Blazers at Warriors. I like it. Who will make the most threes? Dame, Steph Curry, or D'Angelo Russell? Most threes. Jared, what do you think? Steph. Nate? Not only did I pick the Warriors to win the title, we picked Steph Curry, all three of us, to MVP. win MVP. <laughs> that That's out the window, too. Already. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, if they're gonna if they're not going to make the playoffs, there's no way he wins MVP. That's yeah. true. He's right. Man. That's true. Yeah. So we're all wrong there. Um, I'm going to go with Dame. All right. Orlando. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> what are we talking? Steph? Oh, that's Steph. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like, I don't yeah, know what the, you're doing. The dap in the point now. Yeah, 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 I'm taking Steph. All right. <laughs> MVP, baby. None of us picked D'Angelo. <laughs> no, I no. you. No. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping to bait one of you guys into I, picking him. Now I hope D'Angelo Russell makes the <laughs> yeah. most threes. It would be game. classic rip it, yeah. for, yes, him it would. To, for him to make the most. Seven threes. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Wild card time. Best part of the week. Oh, my nemesis. Wild card. <laughs> yeah. Which opponent? Thunder, Sixers, or Warriors will score the most points against the Blazers. 
Nate, what do you think about this one? The Sixers, they're going to come into the mode and win. They're going to put them up. Ben right. Simmons is going to drop 50 without shooting a three. It's going to be crazy. Wow. Okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Jared, what are your thoughts on this one? Let's go with the Warriors. So you think the Blazers are going to win like a 130-125 kind of game here? No, I think that they'll win like a 121-110 to game or something. But I don't think that the Sixers are going to score a lot of points in Portland. And it's OKC. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Well, no, wait, it's just that simple, folks. <laughs> yeah. Orlando. I'm taking the Warriors game as well. I don't think anybody's playing any defense. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Look, if Philly, if Philly wins, I'm feeling not only great about my season predictions, because I'll be ahead of you guys, but I feel really good about Ripix. I picked everything Philly for the most part in this. So they better win. You could have a very good week or a very bad okay, week. Yeah, one or yeah. the other. I'm going to be either very happy or very, very, very sad. We're just going to be watching the Sixers game for your predictions. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Who cares about the yeah. result? Yeah. Did Nate win Ripping? Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember the questions, but I know I picked the Sixers and most of them. All right. Well, that wraps up another week of Rip It. All right. It's in the books. Nice. That was, was a little late on there. but Where can everybody find you guys on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at enhance underscore KGW. You can find me at Jared Cowley. You can find me at Max N. Barr. Orlando KGW. Ooh. Guys, please subscribe to 3 on 3 Blazers. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, you'll find it there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts especially, please take a minute. It only takes a minute. And rate and review 3 on 3 Blazers. We want all of your five-star reviews. If you have friends and family who love the Blazers, tell them about this podcast. Tell them they should listen. Let's grow this family. We need you. Make it happen. By the way, because I said I live off the five-star reviews, I took a peek at the five-star at the reviews, and one of the five stars, I don't know if it was recent or old, but it was from Jared's kid saying (laughs) how great his father was. So way wow, to go, Jared. Winner yes. right. You may have lost Rip It, but you're a winner at life. You're now, raising him right. That was my son, Ryan, and the cool thing about it was I didn't even tell him to do it. Oh, wow. What a loving son. Way to go, Jared. Perfect way so, to end the podcast. So if everyone else can pretend to be Jared's kids and give us five stars, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you right here next week, y'all.